Welcome to Tracks to Success, brought to you by Presentation Partners. This is the podcast that brings you inspiring people and their inspiring stories. How did they find their way to the top and how can their path help you do the same? Here's your host, network broadcaster, executive and entrepreneur, Craig Can. Right now on Tracks to Success, You'll meet a coach who's gone north on the career ladder in very short order and found her way to South Bend to make her biggest impact. She grew up in hoops with four older brothers, pushed from the get-go, doors open, she shot right through them. A point guard playing at Notre Dame that led to a dream national championship season, then professional ball, and then back to her alma mater to start a coaching career under the legend who coached her. 17 years grinding to make a difference as an assistant, something special happened. The NBA Memphis Grizzlies saw that something special, and she proved to be every bit of it. One year making the best in basketball think of her as a coach, not a woman coach. She made a huge difference, and in the blink of an eye, her alma mater brought her back to succeed the legend that gave her a first college shot. While she says basketball is basketball, she is and will always be a trailblazer of sorts. She thrives on preparation and presentation, a master motivator, and a teacher who's all about making people better. Bring up the idea of role model, and her eyes light up. She wants to inspire. She wants to connect. She wants to empower. Her name is Niel Ivy, Coach Niel Ivy the boss of Notre Dame women's basketball, her inspiring story, and this edition of Tracks to Success starts now. Niel, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time and a busy schedule, I'm sure. You know, I've had a football coach on. I've never had a basketball coach yet, and I got some advisors, and they say, you have to get Coach Ivy on Tracks to Success. So I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk. Well, let's get to it. Uh, First off, you are a coach that really is following a legend. And I I don't think everybody really truly understands what that means to do that. You have a history with your own alma mater that is truly special. Before we get into your whole career, I want to talk about Notre Dame for a second because I've been there, but many other people probably never have. You have called it, quote, your heart, end quote. Share the magic of Notre Dame. What does it mean? Yeah, it means everything to me. Um, It has, honestly, it's really changed my life from the moment I was recruited by Muffin McGraw and stepping on campus. um, I guess you could say as a recruit, I had five official visits scheduled that weekend that I, that I, um, and Notre Dame was my first, first official visit weekend that I actually, um, you know, stepped on campus um, for recruiting and I canceled after 48 hours on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I committed to, to the coaching staff and the Muffin McGraw and canceled every one of my uh, other visits. And it was because of the uniqueness that Notre Dame um, exudes. It's just so special. It just, it felt, it felt like home that weekend for me. It was a USA football weekend. I'll never forget. And I remember stepping on the campus and I just, it was, spe- it was, it had a magic to it. And you know, some, a lot of times, a lot of coaches, they talk about when you have that feeling, you know, you'll know. And that's how I felt that weekend. So Notre Dame is just a special place. It's some, it's a place that I've been almost half of my life. Um, and 
I've, it's impacted my life in, in so many amazing ways. We talk about as, um, as recruiters and coaches and, and, and people that are, are, are not a four-year decision, it's a 40-year decision. And that's really true. I'm 42 years old and I'm still here. So, or I came back. Um, it's a place that um, has a lasting effect on me, such a positive, positive experience. And um, it's just a family and it's just home for yeah. me. Yeah, it's a special place. There's no question. You're one of the most decorated and successful point guards ever to play at Notre Dame. Nine times the Irish women's program has reached the final four. Now, the cool thing about that is, is that you've been a part of each and every one of them. Obviously, you didn't go on the nine-year plan as a student athlete, but two, two as a player, national title in 2001. That was a first for the Irish women's program and seven as an assistant coach. So I'm officially tabbing you as the Irish good luck charm for that program. I mean, how does that make you feel when, when you talk about all of those trips to the final four? Overwhelmed. I think I just, I'm, I feel super blessed. You know, I've been around, um, you know, Coach McGraw and it, it's, it's a credit to her, but, you know, also just, I just feel like being, just being here um, and just having the experience and the opportunity and being around great talent and being around great coaches. You know, I, I just, I've been really fortunate and, and blessed. And so um, it's, it's amazing to, to when, you know, just read that I've been a part of every Final Four because going through it, I don't, I've never thought of it in that regards. You know, I just, you, you're always grinding, you're always just trying to get better every year and, um, you know, and challenging yourself and trying to get to the top every year. And so to be able to say that I, I was, I've been a part of all nine is, is really special and, and um, you know, just a, a super uh, blessed feeling. Yeah. Let's talk about your career path. Let's go backwards in time and uh, way before you ever ended up on a sideline uh, of a, coaching staff or as a head coach all the way back to childhood in St. Louis, Missouri. How soon did you have a basketball in your hands? Were you like the kid at age two that, that mom and dad gave you the ball or what happened? Well, I was a tomboy growing up. I had four older brothers and I played every sport I could, you know, be a part of. I was always, um, you know, super athletic and a lot of energy. And my mom always just tried to put me on the things that I was passionate about. And basketball came about just watching my brothers. I was tagging along when they would, you know, go to the park and play um, and their grade school games, their high school games. You know, I just looked up to them and th they really introduced me to the game. And I just, I just fell in love with it. And I just felt like it was the sport that I, I had more um, passion about. And I, I felt like I was better in that sport. So I, I think I, I kind of, it geared, you know, my direction went towards basketball a little bit more than um, volleyball and everything, everything else that I played. But I, I definitely was inspired by watching my brothers. Yeah. Were you the annoying little sister, like that had to tag along and all that stuff? Or, or were you the one that was welcomed into the group of guys? And, and that's why you got to be good. Cause I heard, you know, <laughs> by the time you were in fourth grade, you were lighting it up from three point range. So you must've learned something. Yeah. They, um, you know, I was, you know, being the only, the, the baby girl, I, I definitely was annoying, always trying to, to get to get into the games. And they were always like, no, you, you sit on the side and watch. And so I would get uh, I would get mad because I always felt like I can play. And so that's why I think I probably got, um, you know, my competitive drive because I always wanted to get out and play with them. And uh, and so then any opportunity I was I was trying to jump in. Um, but I definitely was just, you know, on the sidelines when they when they're in 
they're, you know, when they went halftime, like half their halftime games in high school, I would get out on the court and just try to play. I like playing in front of the crowd and, uh, you know, try to have one-on-one games with whoever was in the stands. Um, so at any point I was, you know, begging to get on the floor with them or just even when they stepped off. When we're young, we have influencers, you know, it might be our parents. My dad was a big influence on me, told me to chart my own course. Don't do what he do did, mm. pardon me, do what, you know, moved me. My grandfather yeah. was the same way. And you have those influencers along the way. As a young child, who was it for you? Was it a parent? Was it somebody else? My mother, she was um, a huge influencer. She was really um, strong, you know, raising five, um, five, you know, children and, and, and working. I mean, I just always felt like she was working beyond nine to five, trying to, to support us and sacrificing her life to make sure that we received an incredible education in St. Louis. She, she um, had us attend some of the, the best private institutions in St. Louis. And so um, I always felt my drive was from her. She always showed me how strong she was. And I, I knew the sacrifice that she was making for us at the time. And, um, and I knew how important education was to her and it's it's who I am is the reason why I am who I am today as far as um, you know education being important I've, I've um, you know the morals and what she values that she taught me as a young girl I, I've carried I've carried those values and I've tried to um, you know raise my son in the same in the same way that she raised me so she's definitely the the most influential person in my life. Neil, you recruit and recruiting starts so much earlier now than it did way back then. Um, I want to talk about that for a quick second. I mean, you were really good in high school. You led your team to the state championship undefeated, as I recall, in looking at that uh, first state title in the school's history. And you were recruited, and you talked about this a little bit already, but Coach McGraw was like all over you. Um, what, at the YMCA checking you out and all that sort of stuff? How did, how did that happen? How did she make that influence on you to make you make that decision to go to Notre Dame? Yeah, I just felt like talking to her and I was really comfortable with her staff. And of all the coaches, I felt like Notre Dame, they did a really good job of, you know, going through the recruiting process and 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 being there and showing up for, for um, events. And like you said, at the at the YMCA and at, <laughs> I was at small tournaments in St. Louis, small tournaments in places in, in Missouri. And I always felt they were visible. So it made me it made me realize, you know, how interested they were. And they did a, you know, phenomenal job of, of making that known to me. And then when I came on campus and, you know, the recruiting was different. So we didn't have social media. I was not on the phone. I was mostly outside in the, in the playing or, you know, in the, in the gym. And so they, they could barely get me on the phone. But when I came on campus and, and actually made the connection, um, I think that's what really, really sold, sold me because it, they, they you know, they had, they, I felt like this was a family, was a home away from home. Mm -hmm. And I felt very comfortable and safe with Coach McGraw. And, you know, she reminded me a lot of my mom. And so that that was something that resonated mm -hmm. with me. And so that was the reason why I chose outside of all the, you know, being, you know, Notre Dame, being the best of both worlds. I was looking for a place that had great academics and a place where I, I could make an immediate impact. And I felt like I wanted to make sure that the choice of being away from home, six hours away from home, the first time I'd ever be to I'd ever been away from home I wanted to be in a comfortable safe space and I felt that way with them think about this for a second great leaders I believe have this like magnetic pull right people are drawn to them and then they draw out the best in others I feel mm. like coach McGraw probably did that for you made you feel something but you're a leader 
Have you always been in your mind, and sometimes it's tough to talk about yourself in this way, but do you feel you've been, as part of your success, somebody who has been able to do that for other people, that they've been drawn to you? In other words, Coach McGraw saw something in you. She was pulled to you, et cetera. Yeah, I do feel that way. And I feel that way because of um, my ability to have relationships. Relationships are really important to me. So I've always felt that, you know, as a point guard on, you know, with my teammates, as a recruiter, uh, you know, as assistant coach, that um, I always wanted to develop strong relationships to, um, to, to be a great teammate, you know, to be a, a great assistant coach, to be a great coach. I've always felt that need. And I always felt like, um, the connection that I made with people um, always, to me, was important. It was important. I, I just wanted to um, always emphasize the importance of having trust, having loyalty, and and ha- and having the people that are that are around me to know that I have their back and I'm loyal. And so I'm I'm assuming that that's the reason why you know people are drawn um, to me because I I care about people. I'm a people person. I've always been that way. Um, relationships really matter to me. So. Um, and in this profession, that's what you need. And I think that's how players succeed. That's how I've succeeded, um, having great, strong relationships with my coaches and my, my teammates. And so I think I'm just, that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And so it's authentic and it's, it's helped me um, being a coach. I'm going to revisit that later. So I want to dig deeper on that with you because so many people talk about that with you. Tell me about the national title. Senior year, Notre Dame, never had won a national title. Uh, By the way, you were the number one player in the country under five foot eight, as I understand it, uh, which is a pretty cool thing. But 2001, I mean, are you kidding me? Niel, the the final four was in St. Louis. I mean, that's your hometown. How amazing was that experience? It was so incredible. Um, I, I don't. The, my story. I had two ACLs, and so it was my fifth year. I had a red shirt year. I went through a lot of adversity, a lot of injuries, and you know, moments of despair, and you know, not feeling that I was gonna achieve what I wanted to achieve, achieve um, during the time in Notre Dame. You know, that was my goal. That when and that year when I realized the championship was back in my hometown, you know, I my focus was laser sharp, and you know, to be able to go back home in front of my 10 minutes away from my my home and you know my 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 high school coaches my high school principal my family everyone in the stands and my brothers my my cousins everybody was there and so that was just there's no other way to explain it was just magical because you know you you always want to win you always win the national championship be the first one to win national championship but to win your last game in front of your family was I mean it was it's it's un it was unreal did you cry like crazy um, I was, I didn't cry on the court. I, I was more, I was just more overwhelmed with emotion, like, ex, you know, excitement and happiness. But I think later I just, back in my hotel room, I think I, I, I probably cried then, but at the time I had some, so much adrenaline that I was just, I was just super excited. Yeah. That's awesome. So after graduating Notre Dame, you're a professional WNBA. Now the NBA which you've been a part of, and I'll get to that. But the NBA is a dream for so many kids, so many boys. Is mm-hmm. the WNBA as special to be a part of as that dream would suggest? In other words, is it as big a deal to go play there? Was it for you? Absolutely. You know, I wanted to I wanted to continue playing professionally. And at the time, I think the WNBA had been in existence maybe one or two years, um, you know, going into high school. 
So I, that was a dream of mine in, um, you know, in college, you know, I wanted to either play professional, play overseas or play in the WNBA. And so I think this, it's absolutely a, the same, the same drive, the same dream um, for young, for young, young girls, young women, you know, coming out of college to be able to play professionally in, in, in this, in your hometown or sign up that in your, in your country. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause a lot of people, they didn't have that opportunity before us and they went overseas to play and, and had to, had to be away from their family and, you know, in different countries. And so having that opportunity to be um, in the United States, that was, that was something that I, that was a dream of mine. Was it tough to hang on? I mean, you played in Indiana, Detroit, Phoenix. How would you describe your career? Well, I think my career took a different path because I was pregnant with my son, my rookie season. And so I think that was something that I had to, you know, come back from having, having him. And then you have the responsibilities of being a parent. And so I feel like my, my direction of what I wanted to do in the WNBA definitely took a turn, um, a different, you know, it was a different path for me, but it was still, I was still, you know, very happy to be in the league. I was, you know, trying to get back and, you know, trying to get back to my, to myself, you know, cause it was, it's definitely when you have a child, like everything changes. And so just trying to find the, the balance of, you know, being a parent and, and also being a professional was challenging, very challenging, but, you know, I, my son became my motivation. So it was something that was just in the cards for me. And I was, I was happy to have him and happy to be on that journey with him. Yeah. Kid can play from what I understand. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Why be a coach? Where was the pull for that? Was it because of the impact of Coach McGraw? Um, Why? Why did that happen for you? Yeah, well, I I had another um, knee injury, and I think it was my fourth year, fourth or fifth year in the in the WNBA. So I couldn't um, go overseas, and I had. you know, advice from one of my former coaches, Kevin McGuff, he was a head coach at Xavier at the time. He was, he was just like, you know, while you're rehabbing, you should come here. I can, you know, create a position for you and, you know, be a administrative assistant and, 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 you know, work on your game and, and, and get back in shape and help us with the program. And I was like, okay, great. And so when I went there, that's when I felt like, okay, coaching could be something that, that I could aspire to be um, when I'm done playing. Cause at the time, you know, it's hard for athletes to try to figure out um, the transition from playing. Cause you, you, you're playing, you've played sports your entire life and having that transition is something sometimes, you know, very difficult for athletes. And so I felt like, okay, this is a great, this might be a great path for me to stay around the game. Cause I definitely wanted to stay around the game in some form um, in some way. And that was a clear path for me. And I just fell in love being around his staff and being around the team and, developing relationships with the players. I was not a full-time assistant, so I was not allowed to do a lot of the things, um, you know, NCAA wise that, that the coaches were doing, but I was watching and I was observing. And then, you know, luckily coach McGraw gave me a call to give me um, my first coaching opportunity to be back in my alma mater. So I felt like being around um, the Xavier program and being administrative assistant then really guided me into to have to knowing, okay, I could be, this is something I could see myself doing in the next, you know, the next 10 years. Good opportunity. And now it's a little bit longer. <laughs> Good opportunity for me to, to segue a little bit just to talk about something here because y- you talked about, you know, not everybody makes it. Not everybody can play professionally. And a mm-hmm. lot of people, no matter what they do, if they're an athlete, they struggle with the next or the, or the yes. what happens when it's all gone away. How much time do you spend with your student athletes 
mentoring them, coaching them on that aspect, that there is life beyond basketball, not basketball beyond basketball for everybody. Well, I think that's the most important part of coaching. It's not it's not just the X's and O's. Like when they're here, the four years that they're here, four or five years that they're here, they have to understand that there's a, there is life after basketball. There's opportunities. And we try to make sure that they utilize their resources while they're on campus. We have a career center here at Notre Dame. There are so many resources here throughout the, the year and throughout their time that um, that they can network and they can make those connections and find out what they're passionate about outside of basketball. Obviously, basketball is going to the ball is going to stop. And we talk about that a lot in the recruiting part and also while they're on campus. And I think that's what um, Notre Dame is is so great with if having um, that stands for is having, you know, having opportunities and, and utilizing resources and the Notre Dame alumni network that is you know, there for students and it's for, for sure for student athletes. And so that's part of the lesson. That's part of the education to make sure that they are completely um, well-rounded and that they're not just athletes, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're out there in the community, they're, they're on campus, they're um, making connections everywhere. And that's something that we try to do uh, as coaches that to me, that's the biggest part of the education is to make sure that they're prepared for life. It's not, of course, we want to win games and you want to, you have goals to set to, to win national championships, but it's more important to make sure that they're um, they're prepared for life and, and being young women in the society and being positive and, um, you know, have, making an impact, uh, making a difference. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that is part of the education. And I'm, you know, I'm grateful to have had that experience. And so I understand what that means and what it's meant to me in my in my life and career outside of basketball. Really good recruiting pitch, coach. Well done. Nice job. Hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. I want you to be real with me here. 17 years as an assistant at Notre Dame. Now, either you are the most patient person, the most loyal person, or you hide frustration really well. 17 years <laughs> as an assistant, nobody came to you and said, hey, coach Ivy, here you go. I'm tossing you the ball. You're running our program. What the heck? <laughs> um definitely patience I feel like my de I, my decisions are calculated I think that you know I it's not just myself it's making sure it's the best fit for my son um and our lives together and so some of my decisions I've had opportunities I've had you know interviews I've met great athletic directors and and, and have learned about great institutions but you just have to make sure it's the right timing and I think it's I I believe it's all in God's timing for me I, I know that this is God's plan, to be honest. I guess I could have said that from the beginning of this interview. Um, the things that have happened to me, the challenges, the adversity that I've, I've been through has all been a part of the plan, you know, and I always felt like the plan, you know, my plan, you know, to me is kind of going by living it by faith. And, you know, my faith, you know, brought me to the Memphis Grizzlies last year and, and it's also brought me back here. Um, so that's how I, um, that's how I live my life. Hey everybody, I really want to tell you about Ahead, one of our new partners this season and now the official headwear provider of Tracks to Success. Creativity, a sharp look, dozens of styles to choose from. Ahead's been supplying the most prestigious events and outfitting the world's top golfers for 25 years, and it's perfect for you as well. So if you're looking to dress for success, make sure you think Ahead. Here's your chance to save big. Visit aheadusashop.com now and use the code TTSPOD. That's TTSPOD and receive 20% off your purchase. 
ahead. The finest in headwear, the official headwear of the Tracks to Success podcast, and available at aheadusashop.com. Okay, this is really cool. Tell me how you ended up in the NBA with the Memphis Grizzlies 2019-2020 season. To me, there's two stories here. A, uh, women's coach makes splash in the NBA, ninth woman to land a coaching job, by the way, for everybody out there. Or B, (laughs) great young coach simply gets opportunity in the NBA. I think you know where I'm going here with this. Which way do you look at it and the opportunity that you had? Um, I, I guess both, both sound good. You know, I, I think I, I was given, you know, young, young coach was given a, an amazing opportunity and made a great connection with an incredible organization. And I always talk about opportunity, um, is you talk about my career path. I had never had experience being a full-time assistant and coach McGraw gave me that opportunity to come back to Notre Dame with no prior experience on the court recruiting X's and O's. And so sometimes a lot of successful people, you just need the opportunity. Um, you don't, and a lot of times people don't have that chance. And so I've been fortunate to have amazing opportunities. And so the fact that the Grizzlies organization reached out and the fact that they gave me that opportunity and trusted that even with no experience of, of coaching men ever, <laughs> that, you know, that, and it ended up being, it was, it was life-changing for me. And so just having the opportunity was, is, it's, it's how you become successful. It's how you, you gain experience um, and become leaders. And so that I'm just grateful for the opportunities, incredible opportunities that I've been given um, in the NBA and also back here in Notre Dame. You've been chosen. I mean, I'm going to kind of call you the chosen one. I mean, this is an amazing chance to go coach in the NBA at the highest level with the biggest superstars in the sport. Uh, John Morant, among the others, that said really cool things about you and your time there. What's your it factor? Why do you think they picked you? I don't know. I'm not sure what my it factor is. I try to lead with my heart. And so I'm assuming that's what it is because – I'm very passionate. I, I care. I work hard. And, um, you know, I'm always trying to get better. I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to challenge myself to be better. And so, you know, I, I feel like I'm a, a, I treat people well and I'm a good person. And sometimes good people, good things happen to good people. And I would say that about other people, but I'm, like you said, I, I'm, I'm blessed. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. I'm just very fortunate. I'm very fortunate. And I, I try to never, I never take that for granted. And, you know, surrounding myself with great people, great mentors, great leaders. Um, I've tried to really develop a great networking system. And it's really, it's really helped me just having so, so many amazing mentors that have helped me along the way. You know, there, there've been times where, you know, I've, you know, being green or or young and inexperienced and then just having great people around me that have helped me and guide me along the way, giving me great advice. Um, But I definitely think that I have, had um you know a blessed path and again mm-hmm. it's it's a reflection of the people that I surround myself with yeah you remember all those charter flights uh in the WNBA right I mean uh the NBA is just a little bit of a different thing there oh <laughs> uh, yeah the NBA is a completely different experience um I definitely saw it from a different perspective which was really unique so when you're yelling at these guys that are 6'10 and have been in the league for a long time to move their feet 
or or block out or whatever. Were you nervous to do that? I mean, here's this woman coach, right? Never been a head coach at any level. Coming in there, rolling into the NBA. Were you nervous about that? Did they really warm up to you quickly? I'm going to be very honest. I was very nervous. Um, I always felt like, you know, and I got some great advice from some friends, like you have to be, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order for you to grow. And so I put myself in a very uncomfortable situation, even choosing to go to the NBA, just because it was unfamiliar for me. I knew everything in Notre Dame. I knew everything on the women's side. And so I, I really challenged myself um, by accepting that role. But I was a, surrounded by great men. The, the coaching staff, the head coach, Taylor Jenkins, the players, they were extremely coachable. I was, that was a unique situation because Taylor Jenkins, that was his first um, year becoming a head coach. So he was a great, um, passionate, um, you know, well-respected assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. And so that was his first head coaching um, job. And I really resonated with him just by his passion, his work ethic, and the time that I talked to him. Um, you know, throughout the, the interviewing process. And the team was very young. So they have Jaron Jackson, who's a sophomore, sophomore, second year, excuse me, second year player in the NBA. And then, like you said, John Morant, who was their um, rookie all-star. And so they were young, they were coachable. You know, we didn't have to deal with any egos. And, you know, the moment I stepped in that court, they respected me. Um, they listened, you know, I could be myself, but I, 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 took a I took some time to kind of listen, observe and understand everything that was going on. So. And they were very patient with me. And I just felt like I just grew um, over time. And that was a lot, that had a lot to do with, you know, gaining comfort and you know, being more comfortable. Cause it was, it was uncomfortable at first, but at, over time, you know, putting in the work preparation, um, asking a lot of questions um, and, and learning, learning player development, learning the system, everything at, over time, you know, once you become more prepared, you, you become more confident. And that's how I felt like I grew over the year. Season two of Tracks to Success is brought to you by Presentation Partners. Presentation Partners is a unique team of award-winning executives helping you build a presentation others will be talking about. Presentation Partners teaches you the true art of storytelling. And if you haven't heard about their neuroscience of persuasion, you'll see how valuable it is to own it. Whether you're a company or an entrepreneur, Presentation Partners is the team you need behind you. For almost 15 years, they've helped clients raise millions in capital and countless dollars in sales simply by making top leaders successful presenters. The time is now to find your authentic voice and learn your authentic story. Presentation Partners, creating persuasive story presentations based on something other than just your good looks. So just an amazing experience with the NBA guys. A lot of fun stuff. And then you get this call, and I'm sure you were a bit like, oh boy, and maybe you knew it was coming. Coach McGraw decides she's going to step down. And then Notre Dame took like, what, five seconds, maybe five <laughs> minutes, and they say, we know who we want. It's Coach Ivy to come back. Like when you got that call, is that how it went down? Did you scream, cry? How excited were you to even be offered the successor role? Yeah, I, w I was shocked um, just because you never know when that call will happen. I know that we kind of talked about like um, during some of Coach McGraw's interviews and Jack Schwarberg's interviews that they identify that it was me, but I just didn't know when, you know. So it was during the pandemic and it was at the beginning of April or end of, end of, end of March. 
and you know everything all the uncertainty it's just it's everything every everything is you know unknown at that at that moment um everybody's trying to figure out each day like mm -hmm. with all the new information going on so um you know jack gave me a call and just said you know coach McGraw has decided to step away and she's felt like this was the time that she wanted to um, retire and i was just like why you know i was just overwhelmed you know initially uh, I, I did become a little bit torn after the phone call because of my experience in the nba it was really it was really hard to to walk away from that experience and only have been been there for one year so that just kind of tells you how impactful my experience was in memphis but I just also went, just knew that, you know, I kind of weighed the pros and the cons and it always went back to um, how my, you know, always went back to my heart, you know, which, you know, Notre Dame trumps pretty much everything. So yeah. it was, it was really overwhelming at first. Um, and so, you know, just couldn't, I had to take it all in. It took, it took, it took a while to really take it in to really understand the magnitude of that that offer what was the press conference like my guess is is that it was a zoom call right because nobody's had this big gathering of people right so it may be yes. underwhelming how was that for you yeah it was definitely different from in, yeah, I, I try to watch a, a lot of different uh press conferences just to get ex just you know get experience just to see uh -huh. how other coaches um you know handled their press conferences and it was it was in a studio you know, i had my son with me so that was really special for me and we were social distance um, with the moderator and then Jack Schwarberg, our athletic director, and just, you know, in front of a big, a big camera. So it was definitely, um, it was definitely memorable just because of the, the situation and how the, the setup of, of this, of um, the Zoom, like you said, the Zoom call, but it was special because my son was right there with me and I felt like um, I was emotional talking about the experience, talking about the moment, talking about the opp opportunity and Coach McGraw, and also to have him there was really special for me. So I got emotional. Nearly 60% of head coaches and 50% of assistants in Division I women's sports are men. Now you mm -hmm. were following an incredible female leader. Yes. Your hiring was significant. Is it that not enough women believe they can ascend to that level based on those statistics or that they're simply being denied opportunities to be at that level? How do you view that? Yeah, I, just, I think it's just the opportunity, like you said, and and I'm not sure if it was it's denied opportunity. I know that a lot of people feel that athletic directors hire people that look like them. I've heard that on many, many um, articles, many conversations and discussions about the percentage of um, of women coaching and leading and, and being head coaches and also African-American women. Um, and so I just think it's opportunity right now. Being the first, I'm just praying that it opens more doors for more diversity in all aspects of campus here at Notre Dame and athletics, um, leadership positions, leadership roles, um, the academic um, um, situ or experiences or academic positions on campus. I'm just praying that it brings awareness to you know, it's 20, 2020, I'm the first female um, head coach in any sport. And we've only had three African-American head coaches with one being um, in football and, and track. And so I think that just brings a lot of awareness to to the times and and, and it, it needs to change. It needs to have, we need to have more, more diversity in all different aspects and all different roles on campus here. And it just brings awareness to it in women's college basketball. Are you glad it's a topic or do you kind of go, oh gosh, here comes the question again? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, 
like everything, it, it's the dialogue, it's having the conversation, it, it's, it's um, you know, being educated with um, the percentages and knowing, you know, some people may not even understand it, may not even know, um, you know, the, this, this, the difference or the disparity of, of percentages of, of African-American um, women in, in power roles and, and head coaching roles with the percentage of um, African-American players um, on, on these teams. And so I, I, I'm, it doesn't make me uncomfortable at all, you know, and I'm just honored and I'm honored to be in this role. You know, it, it has become bigger than me. And I think that's important. I never would have thought that this would be what I was chosen to be in and to be a person talking about it. And, you know, but I feel like the Lord put me in this position because he knew that I was ready and I can handle it all. And um, I'm just hoping that, again, I'm hoping that my opportunity, my presence, and I'm going to do, I'm going to do the, I'm going to try to do the best job I can to hopefully give more opportunities for, for more, for more women um, and more African-American women. Yeah. You have a chance to coach a lot of people and not just your team. You've been right. labeled great at the following, connecting with people, recruiting, by the way, top 12 classes in nine of the final 10 years as an assistant at Notre Dame. That's impressive. Scouting. You've been labeled pretty darn good strategy in-game strategy. Really good. What is your favorite thing about coaching? Is it the kids as people or the challenge of making kids better athletes on the court? I love, I love relationships and I love when you see, um, you know, recruiting a player that's 17 years old, 16, 17 years old, come to the program and then leave better than what they came and, and leave their own mark and their own legacy. I've always felt that way. I've always felt like, there was, there's so many people that I can credit with my success and credit with my player development and how I've um, become the person that I am and that helped me when I was in college. And I've always felt like that's the way that I give back. And I'm just fortunate to be able to say that I've been giving back for years at the alma mater and the university that's given me so much. Um, and so that's how I, that's why I do what I do. I think I always, it's some, sometimes you just have to realize what your purpose is, um, what you're passionate about. And I recognize that my purpose is um, to, to mentor to, and I would say, you know, my mission is to love, to serve, to mentor. And so I've recognized, um, that's been my purpose this whole time. And it's, it's really, um, refreshing for me to know that now. Um, and I've, I've identified that for myself in the past couple of years. And so developing relationships is the most important part of the coaching for me and to see them exceed, to be better, the best versions of themselves. That's, that's my job. And when it happens and, that that just makes me more happy than um, than anything. You know, obviously the wins and loss, the wins, not the losses. Obviously the wins and, and championships and final fours, they all mean um, something, and it's it's really exciting. and And I love that part of it, but I also love um, you know being there for these student athletes and and watching them become what they want. You know, establishing what they want and living out their dreams and their goals, and and watching them thrive here in Notre Dame and and also um, professionally. I coach leadership communication for executives. I do workshops. I travel and speak on that topic. It's, it's a blast for me, and I really enjoy it. Let's talk about leaders and communication. It's so big today because not every leader is great at delivering a message and engaging an audience and connecting with them and thinking about the outcome of the things that they say. You've been talked about in things that I've read as being very good at it. You do web conferences that have a theme to each of them with your players. I'd love for you mm -hmm. to talk about that a little bit. And when you go into a locker room, how do you 
engage them and keep their attention in a world where there is so much distraction? Yes, well, I've tried to, and you know, with our Zooms um, and video conference meetings, I've tried to, like you're saying, like having them have a focus of what we're talking about for that week. You know, I, I try to create different things for them. The first, you know, couple of weeks, I, I introduced meditation actually the, for the first week. Um, I really believe in self-care and meditation and um, it's really helped my growth as, um, you know, spiritually and my growth, just my growth um, as a person. And I felt like it's really been helpful, um, you know, just focusing and, and having, trying to have balance of having a high stress, high pressure, environment in, in coaching and also um, being a parent. And it's really helped calm um, and really helped me in my life. And so I wanted to bring that to the team. And so we had, um, I had a speaker that talked about in um, mental health, it was May. So it was mental health, mental health um, awareness month. So I just thought that it was really important to, to bring a different side um, to, to the team. Um, and then, you know, brought some all Americans talked about the tradition of um, Notre Dame and just professional life. And so every every week or every call, I've tried to bring the different things to try to educate our and inspire our young women. Um, and and just connecting and, and knowing how to engage in messaging, I think has changed and has evolved for me with the different generations. I knew it's, it's really trying to get to know the student athlete, what motivates them, how, how what it's going to, um, help them understand to help them learn. Sometimes it's talking to them a certain way. Sometimes it's meeting them, film on the court. You have to find out for each player what that um, what that person needs. And so that's what I always try to identify. Um, when I had, when I was an assistant having a smaller group, cause we used to divide our groups up into positions. So now being a head coach and having the entire team, you know, I'm gonna have to try to establish what, how my messaging, how my messaging will be and how I can connect um, with every player. So that's something that I have to spend the time on. And that you, you, you figure that out by spending time with the players. And so I'm going to definitely do that um, as a head coach and then, you know, lean on my staff to help me um, make sure that that connection is there on more individual base, because there, there are a lot of, there are so many things you have to um, take care of as a head coach. You don't have as much time as an assistant. And I understand that. So I have to find that balance and I plan on, you know, doing that, um, as I step into this role. In addition to hosting this podcast, Craig leads the CAN Advisory Group, focused on elevating communication for companies and individuals. Company consulting, empowering team and individual workshops, mind-altering webinars, and Craig's inspiring keynotes for your conference or company meeting. They're all on the menu of services. CAN Advisory helps companies clarify their message, helps professionals build and showcase their brand, and helps everyone present their best selves. So if you're the leader of a team or company looking to give your employees a game-changing one-day experience or an individual who wants to become a speaker and presenter that gets other people talking, visit canadvisory.com. And when you do connect, make sure to mention the Tracks to Success podcast to receive a special discount on any of the CAN Advisory services. That's canadvisory.com. Now back to the interview. Talking with head coach Neil Ivey from Notre Dame women's basketball. I want to get back to the word that you just brought up, 
before, which is meditation. Now, a few years ago, I guess feeling a lot of stress as a single mom, coaching, the day-to-day things that you had hanging on you, you scheduled a retreat with friends to what, Mm -hmm. California, I believe, for a meditation retreat type thing. Um, What was your level of stress? What caused you to do it? And what did you learn about yourself maybe in that time? Yeah, it was was a time where I've always been told, you know, I've had advice of like, hey, you should think about meditation. And so it's hard really with having so much going on um, you know, with, with recruiting, with coaching, with the team, with my son, it's hard to kind of just find time for myself, find time, even five minutes to not have so many thoughts. It's just, your mind is always racing. You're always on the go as coaches. You always have to be prepared to be on the move, on the go, um, recruiting, traveling. And so I just felt like at the end of the year, you know, I'm going to take my friend up on her advice. And, you know, I was introduced to a, a meditation, a Vedic meditation teacher, his name is Light Watkins. And, you know, we, we got together, we um, did a retreat in the, for like four, a two, two or three day retreat. And he basically one-on-one with meditation and just spending that time learning a different um, way to meditate, taking time for myself. That was really important. And I didn't realize at the time how life changing that was going to be, but it, it really was because it allowed me to create a routine for myself and allow me to really try to slow down. And you know, with meditation, you just you're just trying to take time to um, you know to focus, take time just to relax. And um, it allowed me to, with this high stress situation, high stress uh, profession, to just take time just to be calm. And I felt like it was really beneficial. You hear you know LeBron talk. You know, you've heard different athletes. You know mention it and it was something that I just felt like was very beneficial in my spiritual growth and just growth as a person it allowed me just to um, not think take things too high or too low and to maintain my focus um, you know to be level-headed with high stress situations not to overreact those type of things where it's very beneficial as coaches when you're in those type of stressful environments and I felt like it was you know it was something that really helped me I can only imagine that it would. What I wonder is I hear that from you is if if we're watching a basketball game on TV and you're on the sideline, I know people think of, you know, Coach K or or somebody at at the highest level of men's hoops, Bill Self, whatever. uh, They understand that they're kind of like a CEO and there's a lot of stress to it. Do we have any real understanding as a casual viewer of college basketball just how stressful your job is? I don't, I don't think so. I think, you know, as fans, you know, you just want to see results and it's, it's almost like you don't really see unless you're part of that organization, part of that program team, all the hard work and stress that goes into that moment. It goes into that game, the preparation. I remember, you know, the first month that my, in my first year as assistant here at Notre Dame, I called all my coaches and I just said, thank you because I did not realize how hard it is and and how it's not a 20 this is not a um you know this is not a 24 or you know eight months out of the year nine to five job this is 365 days you have to be on call all the time for your recruits for your players for your head coach you know for your coworkers. like it's not it's not something that i don't think people understand how it's very time consuming but it's very rewarding and 
if you're not in it for that the right reasons, you might get overwhelmed and it might, you know, you might not be able to survive. But if you're in here, if you're in this profession for the right re reasons, and I feel like I am, it doesn't feel like a job for me, but it's definitely a lot, a lot goes into it. So I think, um, you know, to go back to your point where in, your, in the games, you know, a lot of people, you hear a lot of, you know, criticism and things like that, but you don't realize how much it takes to go into preparation to, to be ready for a game or to be in those moments with those players and to get those, those players where to where they are. And um, it's, it's just a lot. And so that, I don't know if people really understand. You don't really understand until you're in it. Yeah. A couple of things before we go. This podcast is called Tracks to Success. It's about inspiring people and they're inspiring stories. You're inspiring in many ways. Um, I want to get back to the, the first African-American head coach concept because in an article that I read, you were quoted as saying, I am the visual rep of what is possible. Can you kind of help me and help our listeners understand the significance that you truly believe exists with an opportunity like that for you or anybody else who might be in that situation? Absolutely. I definitely feel that way. I felt that way in Memphis Grizzlies. That was the first time that I've been in a role where I knew that my presence was inspiring to, to others. And I was at a game and I, and I realized that you realize it being always, you know, when you're saying you're the first female African-American, the ninth in the NBA. And I knew that that was impactful. A lot of people supported me and just, you know, I got a lot of messages from a lot of women that just said, I'm so inspired, you know, by your story, by your journey. And I remember being in a game and I was sitting in the game and a little girl came up to me and, and her, her mom and tapped me on my shoulder during the game and was like, thank you. You know, you know, you, you rock women rock, you know, and, and I just kind of turned around and looked at them and they just, they, the, the little girl had the biggest smile on her face. And that's what made me realize this is, this is bigger than me. You know, like my presence is inspiring women everywhere. It's inspiring African-American women. I'm sure it's inspiring single parents, single mothers um, to see me in this role, to see that you can do both. Um, it's possible. I'm, I'm the representation of no, of showing that if you dream big, anything is possible. No, I would have never thought, you know, as a five-year-old young girl looking up to my brothers that I would be coaching men in the NBA. And then to be the first African-American um, female head coach, female head coach at Notre Dame. And so I know that, I know that my presence, this opportunity um, is impactful for, for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm in, I'm very, you know, grateful to be that person. And I understand the magnitude of it, I guess you can say. And I'm, and I'm hoping that my story can impact more lives. I'm hoping my story can inspire more lives. And, you know, I'm just, you know, my, my messaging is just always to believe, um, have faith over fear and to dream big. You, you never know if you put the work in, you have purpose, you surround yourself with great people, anything is possible. And I'm, I'm living proof of that. One last question. People told me that you are the next it coach. That's why I tracked you down for Tracks to Success, quite frankly. A coach who will not just lead a program, but a CEO. I'm going back to that term. A CEO who can take a brand to new heights. I'm guessing you understand brand as a concept, women's basketball at Notre Dame, the brand that is. But your personal and professional brand, which you basically just talked about and the importance of it. How much does that sit on your mind 
And when you are done many years from now, <laughs> what do you want people to say about Coach Neil Ivy? Wow. Well, you know, I'm that I mean, I'm I'm humbled. That that's an honor to to listen to that because I think that you know every everything that I've done is just because I love it. You know, I I love the game. I love people. I love challenge myself to be to be better. I have great motivation with my family and my son. So, you know, my work ethic kind of drives and my passion drives me into what I what I've had opportunities to do. Um, and the game of basketball has opened so many doors and has changed my life. And I, I've this brand has kind of evolved over time. And, and I, and I don't think I really realized um, the brand happening. I think I just I'm always in the moment. You know, I'm never too high or too low. I'm always trying to stay present. And so I've I've realized you know the brand, um, and now and a huge brand is in the in, in Notre Dame that my brand has you know pretty much evolved as I've become more successful and as I've had more experience. And so I'm grateful for that. And I, and I, and I understand it and I want to continue to, to grow my brand and to hopefully my brand can always be um, a brand of positivity, a brand of, um, you know, inspiration, motivation. You know, I want to always continue showing family um, and, and drive and work ethic. And that's what I'm going to strive to continue to share as I'm, as I'm growing in this role and, and being the head coach. And I'm praying that down the line and then my messaging and of who I am is, or my message down the road would be someone that lived um, by faith and lived the right way and try and somebody that has tried to impact lives in a positive way. And, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, transforming lives like my life has been transformed by good people and I'm just hoping that um you know loving serving and mentoring throughout this whole process of being a head coach is something that um people remember me by or my time here at um at coaching in general you know with the impact I'm, I'm praying that I can continue to make a difference and I'm realizing what that means now and I'm just hoping that down the road that I continue to to make a difference in a positive way in my community, in college athletics, um, and wherever this, wherever my uh, my journey takes me. I'll tell you what, you've been given a great opportunity and I feel like I just have as well. I can't thank you enough for the time. I wish you the best of success and thanks for being a part of this with me. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. In my conversation with Coach Ivy, she talked about the importance of preparation and the importance of taking the role of role model seriously, which brings me to my one last thing. If you wanna be an influencer, take on the role of mentor. Find a way to give other people opportunity to shine while you sit on the sideline and coach with a purpose of making someone else better and putting them in line for the big shot they might not otherwise get. I always remember a moment in my career in leadership where someone on our executive team said to me, quote, you delegate quite a bit. I told her she was right, and I think that's what leaders need to do. I knew what my purpose was and what I was hired to do, and in my mind, the best thing I could do was give others the chance to shine in things that I wasn't necessarily expected to do. It created buy-in, engagement, and enthusiasm to make a real contribution. Is there someone on your team you can influence and give something that might push them to be better in their own career? I'd say find that person. 
make a difference by giving them the chance to make one themselves. Do that, your tracks to success will come a whole lot easier. I hope you'll share this podcast with somebody you think will enjoy the interview. And please take a moment to give Tracks to Success a review and a rating. It helps. Until next time, I'm Craig Can. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to Tracks to Success, brought to you by Presentation Partners, visual storytellers passionate about connecting presenters with their audience. Don't forget to subscribe to the show for more great interviews and thoughts on reaching your highest personal and professional summit. You can follow Craig on Twitter and Instagram using the handle at Craig Can. And for exclusive Tracks to Success content and news about our upcoming guests, you can find Tracks to Success on Twitter. It's at Tracks to Success.